one. Well, we found some sellers on the close on Friday. Make it a three-day losing streak. Haven't had too many of those. It looked like it was going to be four in, and more earlier this morning, but the buy the dippers are here. We're unchanged. We're going to talk about the inflation data coming up. We got Q2 earnings, and we got Tim Quas back. He'll be back at 835. And I have a question. I'm going to stump Dennis and Mitch on. This is Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to today's show. We're down just a couple ticks, 44, 33 and a quarter. We were 20 handles lower for some reason, but we came battling back. Let's see if we can stay green on the session. The buck is up 12 and a half cents at 102.07. Trying to find support here at 102. Man, bonds down a tick, 123 and 23.30 seconds. Crude back back in the lower 73 handle, but down today, 59 cents at 73.29. Gold desperately trying to catch a bid here in the lower 1900 handle, down 240 at 1930.10. Silver futures, they're down almost 7 cents at 23.02. And Bitcoin still above 30K. We're up just $30 at 30000 400 so let's get this week started and uh triple d you kind of you had to kind of buy the rip sell the buy the dip sell the rip mentality well friday friday on the close they came in with their selling shoes on big selling balances or just uh just uh just people taking some profits from a uncertain week definitely some selling into the close there was a few selling balances i wouldn't say that was the overall driver but there was definitely pressure into the close but what we were talking about on friday's show and i tweeted it out the fade trade is back on so where you're seeing moves where we move 20 30 handles one direction then we go 20 30 handles the other direction then we go 20 30 handles through the other direction i think you're going to get into a choppy period i mean we got a few days before we get into earnings season, the banks are really going to kick it off on Friday. Delta does report on Thursday. But I think you're in store for some chop here. So I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing higher. I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing lower. And I think if you're a contrarian, you might like the market that we're moving into. Yeah, and it, long periods of time, right, you can have uh, consolidation. And then consolidation uh, leads to, to bigger moves. And we certainly have the catalyst. Uh, let's bring Buddy Mitch in here on this Monday morning. And I got a question for you guys, which you should probably get. Uh-oh. Let's do it. Let's we do it. never get Joel trivia. He makes it too much. What stock is on a nine-day win streak? Hmm. Nine-day win streak. Hmm. We probably uh, haven't talked about it in a, a week, a week and a half, but just quietly. Oh, ask the chat this question, too. The chat Man, was smarter than us. They're going to get yeah, it. Remember, Tesla had the big win streak, and it broke hard. Well, how long was the Tesla win streak? Wasn't it like 12 days? 
Oh, I think Tesla was over 13 days. Oh, I, they they're all over I don't it. Know, I should have got it. The chat is so smart. They I didn't want to cheat. I didn't want to cheat. This stock, here's another one. Yeah, I know we can see which one. Which one do you think it is? It's Rivian. Um uh let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, it's not Rivian. Oh, it's not the one Ooh, you were thinking. Oh, it's not Rivian. It's not Rivian. Oh, chat. What you got, man? What you got, Yeah, let me I might count. have to wake up. Four, might have to drink three, a little more four, coffee five, this morning six, for seven, Joel O'Connor. You know, he's a Oh, no, come on, man. You guys, come on, guys and gals. Um, How about, do you want a hint? Are you guys ready to throw yeah. in the towel? Oh, I thought Rivian <laughs> for sure. So it's only eight. What's what's the nine? Matt Tusk. Uh you guys are warm. I'm just going to put it that way. You guys are warm. We're warm with Rivian? Yep. Oh, man. Lucid. Nope. nope. Fisker. Gen- it's General Motors? Yep. General, General Motors. Mo- not t- it's not a big move, but it's kind of been up every day. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, it's GM. Yeah. Yeah, GM. I should have known Joel's going to stay with the bigger company. Then go the little stuff, but that's yeah. that, it. Doesn't look like a nine-day move because there's small moves. But I think you're <laughs> right. It's just been up a little bit every day. I'm still long my GM. I sold half my GM. I did sell half my GM, and I moved that into what did I buy last week? I bought two stocks. I'm, I'm uh, like still staying at the fifty percent cash allocation. So as I sell something, I buy something else. Oh, you bought? Oh, I bought a Generac in MCHP. MCHP. Yeah, and a little bit of microchip. You're right. I bought microchip. Those were two Chaken stocks, and Chaken's been pretty hot lately. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah, so I went with the, the little pullback and microchip there, and I also bought some. Um, yeah, I bought some GNRC. I sold half my GM. I didn't sell all out EKS. I sold half my GM, moved that money, some of it into GNRC, and then some of it into yeah microchip. All right, All right. Mitch, small, take adjustment. us away. Take us away, yeah. Mitch. Let's talk about uh, what's going on right now. We'll stay a little bit macro first. Uh, first, of course, China's producer price index saw a sharper decline than expected, dropping about 5.4% on a year-over-year outlook. Economists had predicted a fall of 5%. This decline indicates ongoing challenges with the Chinese economy and demand falling. Um, of course, looking ahead, we have some important reports also on the horizon. The Consumer Price Index report, CPI, is due out tomorrow, followed by the uh, PPI on Thursday. Uh, these reports will provide insets into inflationary pressures and wholesale prices. So just be on the lookout, right? This is something that's going to change up everything. And I think that we might have a little bit of a lull in the market until we get mm-hmm. the reports on the horizon and in terms of the federal reserve we have some several notable speakers today michael barr mary daly loretta uh, meister uh, rafael bosick they're all coming out right and i think that today is one of those days where you just need to be watching out because the federal reserve could turn this market what we're going to keep an eye out for any clues on their stance on future monetary policy decisions. Of course, what did the minutes reveal? The minutes revealed kind of like a back and forth from these members, how some thought that it should go higher, some thought it should stay where it's at. Let's find out what really, who's the dove, who's the hawk, let's find out. 
10, 11, and 12, too, the way they stagger on the day. Yeah, Bar at 10. 30. Yeah, uh, Daly at 11. (laughs) And then Mester at 11. Bostic at 12. And then we get a reprieve until Bullard tomorrow. I don't think we're going to hear anything that the market isn't already pricing in here. I don't think they're going dovish. They're still going to stay tough here. They're going to talk about the two target. I don't think anything changes here. Now, now Tuesday with a CPI data point, a lot of things could change. Wednesday, Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. CPI? Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday CPI. So that could change a lot. So, you know, make sure, you know, you're you're hedged or whatever, you know, you're making your bets before Wednesday. I think you're not going to see, I think you're going to see CHOP here. I think you're going to see CHOP tomorrow jockeying ahead of the CPI data. And then that's going to dictate the next move. Is it hot or not? You know, Talking every time in, we come to these reports, it seems to you know dictate the next move, and people can ignore this economic data, but it's important. I mean, you get a hot number, and then that changes narrative again. So as long as CPI continues to tick down, bulls remain in control. Yeah, and when we talk about inflation, you know, one thing that I'm starting to notice is that yes, uh, energy prices maybe you know kind of just staying in in the range, right? They're not really coming down anymore. And I felt like that's what really helped inflation start to trickle down. As energy prices don't come down anymore, will we still see that trend of inflation coming down? And I think that that's what the Fed is somewhat seeing, I think, ahead of us, is that they're seeing that it's not energy and food prices that are going to drive inflation lower now. Now we need the sticky stuff to get off right yeah. do, do you know do, do you know who's looking for a really hot number who's looking who, for a hot number bond traders mm. yeah you know what's a good call here too the tlt now under 100 we talked about this being a risk for the markets as well they're definitely pricing in that inflation has not been beaten they're there pricing in yeah. higher rates Bond traders have always kind of been smarter than equity traders when it comes to predicting the economy. Equity has a lot of noise. The bonds don't have as much noise, mainly because there's not as much retail participation. And also there's not as much, you know, algorithmic because a lot of bonds are still trade over the counter. Yeah, they they are. Think about all that. It takes out some of the noise. So this is why bonds have always been a good indicator here. And it is a concern to be buying equities when the TLT is trying to break down to new lows. I mean, this is very perilously close to the 2023 low. It is. So, And then you go down to the October lows at 91. And again, equities can go up without bonds, but because the interest rate narrative here is so important to this market, it's very important in this market specifically to keep an eye on bonds. And Joel, I think, you know, I'm very concerned. That the TLT is starting to break down. It's funny you made that comment about uh, you know the high freaks and everything. Uh, I have a niece that, that trades bonds, right? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is like human interaction on the phone. You know, different ways to communicate. <laughs> old school, yeah, old school. That's in the bots. Yeah, the bots are in there. So. I, the only reason I'm I'm nervous is I just you know I'm just looking at I'm looking at the bond market here, not like bailing out of stocks and everything, but man, this is this this chart. You look, I mean, the, uh, and ever since, and no one believed Powell. Like no, he came out a couple of weeks ago and like, hey, you know, we're pausing. I thought it was a hawkish pause. I'm the only one on Wall Street that thought it was a hawkish pause, but uh, no, man. I think I think there's a lot of people who thought it was a hawkish okay. pause. I think it was as well. I'm with you here. 
But the, the point you're making here with the bonds is the equity markets are, are ignoring it, mm -hmm. but it's a concern. And I mean, yeah. we still have this stock market here that did put in a double top. There is a double top in place. Even more than a so double top. you look back to the 6th or the 15th of June, and then we're going to um, just June 30th. And then the we're looking at July 3rd. Yeah, you can just... We're looking at the high of July 5th. All five of those highs are all in the same area here. So resistance is very well defined. Again, though, it's hard to make a technical trade ahead of a ahead key of a number, data yep. point because the key data point matters. But if the bond traders are correct and that CPI data comes in hot, you now have a technical setup here where it could be tough to go higher. So everything matters. Wednesday is a big, huge number. Before yeah, before we move on to stocks, yeah, and I think I alluded this to um, uh, you know on the show uh, on Friday. I mean, I know where resistance is, right? It's it's really well defined. It, it yes. looked you know it looked like we were going there on Friday. Like wow, look at that seventy six man. That's twenty handles away from the high of the move, and like it was like boom going up seller, boom coming up seller. Then when it came to the end of the day, we're like whoo. Man, we're pretty close to the top of that trading range. You know, I can't sell on strength anymore. And they had to hit the bids. So uh, support, I, I'll still go, even though we took it out. And this is kind of a weird occasion. We took out last week's low in the spoos at 44.1950. And I would have been like all for like the 4,400 camp. Well, we took it out by uh, nine handles and we're back above it. So I'm still sticking with that 44.1950 on the downside. That's the key level. And then, uh, Dennis, I mean, you just, uh, you just, you, you know that with the resistance. Resistance is resistant until it is taken out. All right. Now, one thing that I will be also looking for later in the day at 3 p.m. Eastern, you'll receive the Fed's consumer credit data. And uh, we've been seeing more and more how we're starting to see more issues in that credit, uh, shedding light, of course, on borrowing and lending trends. Mm, will this have an effect on the market today? I think it's just something to look out for. It's not something that we always watch, but it's something that I'll be watching as, of course, everyone's looking for what? recession concerns, right? Um, some people are talking about how credit cards could go to 30% interest rates and higher. I mean, credit card debt is the least of concerns. It's this, <laughs> uh, it's other, the other debt that is just mounting here and, you know, where they're giving out. And I don't know if you saw on the weekend, but, you know, we were talking about, and maybe we did talk about it on Friday in Canada, you know, 70, 80, 90 year yeah, amortizations now because there's some products out there that keep the payments fixed. So they just extend the amortization out as the as the interest rate goes higher. And that's how far they've had to go out on some of these amortizations because interest rates have come up so far that they're actually seeing 80 and 90 year amortizations on homes here now. People are never paying off their homes at this rates. So, I mean, I think interest rates are eventually coming back down. I don't think they're up here forever. But with the bonds still going the way they're going here, we're a long ways from getting out of the woods and getting out of this interest rate you know, issues that we have here. And that eventually shows up in the earnings of companies because you know who else borrows? Companies borrow money. A lot of companies borrow money. It's the main reason, again, that probably the IWM has struggled to keep up with tech because a lot of the mega cap tech doesn't have a lot of debt. So that's working for it where you got a lot of other companies that do. So... Lots of reasons to still be concerned. Market continues to, you know, overall the equity markets continue to shrug it off, but the bond markets are not shrugging it off anymore, and it's a concern. 
Shifting gears, the Wall Street Journal reporting that Carl Icahn amended loan agreements following a recent short seller attack on his firm. Of course, Hindenburg Research stated in a report that IEP shares were trading at a premium of over 200% to the reported value of the assets. This move, of course, involves providing additional collateral and setting up a repayment plan. It's a development worth keeping an eye out on the market. I don't know. This stock is really hard to trade here because it's all headline driven. You know, you had the short seller report knock her down from 50 to 30. And there's the SDCs talking or the regulators are talking, knocking down further. Then we get a quiet period and it starts to bounce back up. Now it looks like they're working with regulators. But at the same time here, this thing is so headline driven that I don't want to trade it because I don't know what the next headline is going to be. Couple good levels here. Thirty-two fifty-eight is where you're currently trading, and uh, you got to get into a gap area. I'm not looking to buy this thing at all. I don't even know where to buy it on the pullback. But if I'd been buying the dip off that last move, I mean, to dig it under twenty bucks, I'd be looking at two levels. First of all, thirty-two eighty-six, which we we haven't hit yet. That was your high on May nineteenth. And then, man, there's just a wall at 35 there. There's a triple top at 35 before it backed up. I'm not sure we're going to get to that $35 level, but got a lot of momentum. But uh, that looks like the uh, major resistance. And a little surprising here. I thought I, I kind of was talking tough, at, you know, at first. But, um, man, ever since he, like, sold – he remember when he sold Apple the day Warren bought it? I mean, that was a long, long time ago. But – um. You know, it's just his picks, ILMN. I mean, we don't even talk about it. I mean, look at that stock. Isn't he been an activist in that one? I mean, just some other ones. He's been bearish, too. Uh, so, overall. You just don't hear much from him anymore, you either. Like, we just don't hear on the media. It used to always be like Warren Buffett and Uncle Carl. I mean, there were so many times he's moving a stock. You buy something and it pops 6 7%. We're just not hearing much. And when he does buy something, it's crickets. It's like he's lost his influence as well, which is a problem for these guys because they make money off of their influence. We know like certain companies just go and buy a stock, then they disclose they buy the stock and the stock pops up. So, I mean, there's, you know, alpha to be generated just from their own name, but he has not had that alpha going for a while here. So, that's an issue too. Lots of issues for Uncle Carl. And he's not getting any younger. Yeah. Yeah. How old is Uncle Carl? He's got to be pushing 80. Oh, I think he's older. Over 80? I'm saying 85. I'm putting the over under at 85. What's the chat thinking? I'm Googling it right now. Over under 85. Uh, I'll just be honest. I, I, I don't pay attention too much to his investments. That's just why. Because, I mean, he hasn't done great, at least in my investment. I looked it up. So, so I looked yeah. it up. The over-under was set at a pretty good number. He's 87. Wow. He's 87 yeah. years old. Yeah, we, we might need to look at some other investors, um, but that's just my outlook, right? I, I, he's just not moving stocks anymore either, and he's yeah. quiet and, you know, obviously aging here. He's not Buffett. He's, he's not, not Buffett. Buffett. He's not All right, Buffett. total tangent. This is going to be the only tangent of the week. You sure? Uh, you sure yeah, about that one? Yeah. <laughs> I'll so, take the over on that one. <laughs> so I I was out of town and visiting my first great niece. Showed Dennis some awesome pictures, and uh, I got a, I got a ride to the airport yesterday morning. This is not Carl Icahn, but I heard some really really nice things about Bill Ackman. 
really no. nice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to disclose them, but so nice that I'm going to try and get Bill on the show. I don't Wouldn't think he good? Yeah, Let's I don't think he'd there. come. Yeah, he yeah, might. I, he might, but I mean, it was like it, it like it touched my heart. It really. He's did. very philanthropic. Philanthropic. Am I saying yeah. that right? Yep. We know that, and you know, if you even follow him on Twitter, which I do, majority of his tweets are about like helping people and doing different things. Like yep. I think, like that's what I don't know, Bill. Obviously, we don't know him on a personal level, but from what I can see from his public appearances and stuff, he cares deeply about you know people. So he also was pretty a good thing. bullish. He was pretty bullish during COVID. I remember that. I remember him making some. I, you know, I remember he talked down, and then he came. He on talked CNN down, and then he and pivoted. And then he pivoted, and then who was that other guy that they never bring on anymore? But he was like, "I'm out there. This is. A, I'm out there buying stocks." It was right at the dearth of COVID. We're, we're was talking to Moth or something? No, not how Moth had a tea. No. Uh, <laughs> However you say that name, you spit it all out. <laughs> uh, was it a, a, a Ricky somebody? A Ricky, uh, come on, chat, help me out. Rickies. Yeah, there was a, the chat. For I know Ricky Steamboat. No, come on, so no, it wasn't Tepper. I'll, I'll figure it out. But like he, he really, uh, um, help me out, chat. Ricky something. Help me out. He had curly hair. We're not hair. on this one, Joel. Chat's uh, not Ricky. No. Oh no, wait, Gutierrez. No, no. Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> Ricky no, Lake. Ricky. <laughs> Name Ricky. all the rookies you know. Not Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Ricky Martin. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was awesome. <laughs> I think we're going to take this tangent to WWF. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? That was no, not solid. Ricky Martin. No. <laughs> this is a horrible tangent, Joel. I don't even remember what we were talking about at all. I asked Ricky Lake, too, but Ricky Lake's not there either. <laughs> no, Ricky, come on. Ricky, all right. No, it's Ricky, no. Ricky, what a man. horrible tangent. Ricky, Ricky Williams, Williams <laughs> running back. Ricky, don't lose that. Rick. Oh, oh, trust me. Ravishing Ricky was Rick very Rude. bullish. He was very bullish the cannabis industry. No, <laughs> all right, you guys talk. I got to figure this out. Oh, Joel's oh man, don't bother him for years. Yeah, all yeah. right, he, he's gonna figure that bring out. I will bring us to the... Helen of Troy. Let's. <laughs> Helen of Troy, the only earnings report of the day. Helen of yeah. Troy. We all know we like to trade. All right, I know who Troy. it is. I did it with one Google. One Google. With, that's all you need. One needed, Google. Man. Let's see if anybody got. Ricky of course, Ricardo. I'm, I'm Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Set, his second name begins with an S. Oh, Don't give us hints. Just give us. We're sick Ricky of Ricky Sandler. Ricky Sandler. Oh, good Who's lord. Ricky Sandler. Who's Ricky uh, Sandler, bro? Like. <laughs> Man, you guys, I should take another day off. Take Ricky another day off. I didn't take a day off. No way. <laughs> Lucy. Ricky Lucy. Henderson. Ricky Lucy. Henderson. No, he. Dennis, <laughs> you probably don't even I know love who it, Ricky Chad. I love you guys out there. I love all the Rickies out there. Shout out to the Rickies. Yeah. Who's, is there a Ricky in the chat? Yeah. We got to find Okay, go. go. No Rickies. more Rickies. All right. Let's go to Helen Detroit as they exceeded expectations in Q1, reporting adjusted EPS of $1.94, sales of $474.7 million. They also provided revenue outlook for fiscal year 24, expecting it to be between $1.965 billion to $2.01. Definitely getting the lift. Helen Detroit stepping up to the market today. 
What the hell does Helen of Troy do? I see. I don't know, but the, the name. I, I don't really I know. What bad they do. I actually looked at Pro this morning. I'm like, what does Helen of Troy do? Uh, they, they stand up to germs. No, they are. They're a retailer. I'm not really sure the retail uh, offering creative products and solutions for its customers through a diversified portfolio of brands. And it looks like uh, brand. food prep, cooking, cleaning, organization, outdoor and on the go activities. Fight those germs, man. Yeah. Vicks. Beauty and wellness. Beauty and uh, wellness. They own VIX. I see VIX there. Thermometers. Ooh, Vicks, that's the good stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking at their brands right now. So, okay. Well, I think of them as the VIX company then going forward. I actually just bought one of those VIX humidifiers. I'm going to return it because it's like a piece of junk. Oh, so, it even says when you're like, right. if it doesn't like produce humidity or steam, drop some table salt in there. And if it doesn't do it again, I'm like, when you're already trying to troubleshoot something that you've created, <laughs> you know, because my last humidifier, I never had to drop table salt in it. So anyways, it's a piece of junk. So here you go. Here you go. I don't know if that's all their junk, but the Helen of Troy VIX product, don't buy that VIX vaporizer. It's no Why? good. It doesn't <laughs> produce steam. <laughs> that's its only job. <laughs> here's some here's some brands here just from the website so that yeah. we can at least well uh, i'll tell you right now they don't have viewers out brand, here though, so <laughs> this is false advertising well, well wait a do, second honeywell's right these are on part there. i'm pretty of their confident brands. they don't own honeywell it's a partnership it's a partnership yeah uh, yeah I'm so sure now maybe they don't own vix either i just noticed honeywell's up there yeah, maybe yeah, they're yeah. just a partnership with vix too okay we take everything revlon i think that's its own company Okay, the, I don't the, know what the hell they. The own. company refers to Honeywell as they a leadership. They refer to brand. Vex, so they don't own anything okay. really. <laughs> okay, we're done with Helen. All right, man, I, I'm not even doing a technical. Boy, I got show. you guys off. On oh the man, today, man, it's Helen. Uh, Helen uh, and it, Troy, baby. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm not buying it, and I don't know where to sell it. But if I was, and I was a pre-market trader, and this thing got to 125, I'd be like. Are you talking about the February high, near the February high, 125.99? So if we get to uh, 125, I think you see sellers in that handle all the way up to 125.99. Where to buy this thing on a pullback? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, if I was a longer term investor, I'd say hmm, maybe in the lower 114 handle that tops it. You know, that's the top of Friday's range. But I don't think that's a good level for today. All right, let's talk about on the earnings front. Of course, we have a lot of major companies reporting this week. Delta Airlines will be kicking it off and PepsiCo on Thursday. And then we get, of course, the banks on Friday morning. Um, the financial sector will include like JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citi, BlackRock. Of course, these reports will provide valuable insights onto the performance from key players and really start giving us an outlook into the earnings. What do you, we'll kick it off first. We'll go, let's do Delta. We'll take a look maybe at Pepsi and then we can bring the banks together. I was long Delta over the weekend for the simple reason is that I play that trade. You'd be long stocks that um, are we going to yeah. this week. And it works here again. I've already sold it here in the pre-market. It's up 0.92%. The SP's up nothing. So it's a nice alpha extraction there too. PepsiCo, same story. It's up here this morning. Um, JP Morgan is up relatively to the market this morning. So that trade continues to work well here, just being long stocks that are due to report. Um, Delta's has been flying. I mean, the bar for the earnings is going to be high. I'm probably going to be still playing it from the long side in and out. 
um, from the long side until Thursday, and then it reports. But there is a high bar here. Uh, would you be nervous if you're on an airplane and uh, you like you're thinking to yourself, man? I feel a little drop, like little drips of water, and you're thinking, <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking, wow, you know, you know, because I did read this one plane had to land because of uh, a crack in a window. Would you would you be nervous if you, Did like, you have it, chips of water? Wait, I mean, that's probably water constants. I, I couldn't figure it out. You know, it's, it's just like, probably from the AC. So 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 you just flew and there was water dripping on you from the ceiling. There, well, it was more the guy in the seat next to me. Uh, yeah, okay, well, there you go. That Mitch normally is, happens Mitch, from the AC. Which is right. You, you I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to hit my uh, you know my call button. You know, uh, yeah. but it it was coming. It was coming from the AC. Oh. So yeah, you um, know, I, I've been in uh, a couple old cars. They'll do it. They'll do it in the old cars also. <laughs> Dallas is selling into a good area. I mean, there's. A I'm not selling yet. It's some oh, talking Thursday. Yet. I'll be buying. So full disclosure here, I just sold, but I will probably rebuy again as it pulls okay. back. Just playing. Man. So I'm playing. You know, chop like this. So buying all dips on Delta uh, into the number, into the number. So bias long into the number, not doing any shorts on it. Air highs right opportunity. now, 4839, 4835 is your, your two daily highs. High of the move, 4852. Uh, closing high, that would be in 4882. So it's a good place. I mean, you bust through 49 ahead of the report, you're, you're breaking out. But I'd say we stay under 49 until that print on Thursday. You it's going to so be we big resistance of, at 52. That's going to be yeah. a big number, psychological number. Has not been up to $50 since 2021 when everything was in the bubble. Yeah. This is why I think uh, we, we had an amazing investment opportunity on these airlines to get them down there. And we now they've, they've, they've taken off. It's going to be very, very hard to ever get them down there, I think. Uh, back down something crazy would have to happen I well valuation just you know well a recession would have to happen that's how they're going to get back yeah down. but my thing is recession would probably also bring the oils down so that maybe that would help them out a little bit because yeah. they have been getting more money per seat we know that they definitely passed they're down killing the, it the expenses this is, this is so. as good of an environment for the airlines as we've ever seen delta has said that yeah you know they're seeing you know just unbelievable environment for them so I mean, they they have set the bar for themselves very high. They're much more efficient too. You know, they're not like it. You know, they, they like, feel the well. Planes. We ran the snack cart, and they're like, oh, a well, little turbulence, no snack cart here. Here's water. You know, they're just you That's know all not you have water. Or or they'll yeah. just cancel your flight. You There's know, no free food sense. anymore. You pay for your luggage, and people just do it. You know, they don't yeah. give you anything anymore. It used to be they give you a supper, they give you a meal, they don't give you anything anymore. You pay for everything. And you know they what they what do they call it? They called it like uh, there was a name for it when they did, you'd pay for your suitcase and you don't get you pay for your lunch you pay for your drinks. It's, the it's name is nickel really, and dime you. The name nickel well the dime. name is really nickel, nickel and, dime and dime you, dime. but they came up with like a a, a decent That's name. Really the chat what it would is. know it too. It was like de that was decoupling, but it was something I, like. I, I saw know. the other day, uh, Frontier Airlines was charging a hundred and ten dollars for your first check luggage. Who was? Frontier Airlines. That's more than that your tickets awesome, you right? pay on Frontier. That sounds awesome, right? $110 for your check bag? Better yet, check. Uh, you want your carry-on? $140. This no. has gone ridiculous. Yeah. I, they I say they lower the ticket prices. They lower the ticket so, price, but then but, they pass but, but it right They there. lower the ticket prices by like a buck. <laughs> 
and then they charge you a hundred bucks for your thing. I was like, well, we're lowering ticket prices so that you know, so people who don't put the luggage on there. Yeah, we got you. Flight. You know, we got you. What about Pepsi? I don't think this is one that I want to own right now at this time. But oh, been out yeah. of favor. Been out of favor. Yeah. Dividend is not high. Two point seven five percent in a five and a half percent environment. I hate these stocks. I hate these stocks right now. Well, let's talk also maybe about the bank in the financial sector. What about this area? This is going to be an interesting one to definitely take a look at. <sighs> uh, JP Morgan's pulled back, caught a little bit of some support at resistance. What are you guys thinking? I think it reports Friday. So I think you're biased long into the report and then mm -hmm. we'll analyze after the report. But I think the report will be decent. So I actually don't mind the JP Morgan setup here. It's kind of in consolidation station. It looks to me like it wants to go higher here. I'm not long it here this morning. I wish I was because it's up a little bit more. But um, I think there's an opportunity here at JP Morgan. I think it sets up well for a pre-earnings run. What about the banks that benefited, you know, from uh, from the crisis? And, and I don't know, you know, which I mean, I know JP Morgan did a bunch of stuff, but then, you know, uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank went out of, you know, though, I think the ones that were furthest away, you know, from the problem and have the furthest exposure, I mean, going to the, the reports, but, uh, you know, you're, you're going to find out this report if, you know, if there's any skeletons in the closet. Uh, Comerica is one that I bought on the dip. I bought the JP Morgan on the dip. So I think, you know, it, this is the quarter where they come out and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got. I mean, does a Bank of America have like a zillion dollars of, of bad bonds on their books? Uh, yeah. You know, it, yeah, it yeah. rates like that. So, you know, all they need to come out and say, yeah, we're, we're you know, we're going to peel off a tranche of that. And uh, <laughs> I'm not so worried about the big majors. I'm more worried about these regional reports that are going to come in. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's some people who aren't worried. Schwab's catching an upgrade here today. Not that Schwab is a bank, but they've kind of coupled it in with the regionals. We know it's trading like that. You get State Street reporting on Friday. That's some, probably a more interesting report than JP Morgan and Citigroup because you're getting into these smaller, you get into the smaller regional banks. Let's see what they say. Because we know it was a tough quarter. You know, obviously, there was probably some withdrawals, you know, for some of these smaller names here. Are they seeing recovery? What are they seeing? How's it going? I'm very interested in the regional banks, not so much the majors. How about this? Uh, you know, we kept talking 45, 45, 45 in the KRE. How about 40 now on the downside? Starting now. I mean, it's not as... Uh, as good looking is uh 45 but Some support there you there. go yeah i mean Green. there's it's just kind of it's like whoo i take a deep breath okay well not, not all the uh regional banks are going out of business all right so we're 40 to 45 i mean that that's a i know that's a wide range on a on a 40 dollar instrument but just but you're right like speaking you know yeah, channelingstocks.com. It goes right back to that. We're getting in channels in a few of these things. Buy at the low end, sell at the high end, and then you retire when you're 35, like that guy on TV. Mitch, don't remember that commercial, maybe. No, uh, he, was in, uh, he was in. Uh, is it, he was in. I, we ask this like every once a quarter comes up. Is it still a website, channelingstocks.com? Is it still out there? Does anybody still Go to channelingstocks.com. No, Dennis. I remember I, the kid. I, I, I normally, like, I normally like, how did you channels already? myself. <laughs> channelingstocks.com. Buy low, sell high. The same. You could have done that on GE all year long, and you could still do it. It works, man. I'm not going to argue with their strategy. <laughs> I like it. It's there. It's there. It's a good strategy.
Now celebrating 25 years in business. 25 years, years, man. Just yeah. candle it, man. Is the kid still on there or he retired, actually? Did they uh, retire? they, they <laughs> look like they got a they website. They got a new kid. Yeah, I don't know what they got, but they're trying to. Remember when. Uh, advertisement. I like you know channels. You know what? Um, they're, uh, no, they got a guy on from. Uh, I'm not sure, they're not showing any kids. But uh, you remember our um, the Bright commercials used to be on, like, before or after those remember when uh bob at we did some yeah, advertising we did some advertising great trading did some CNC yeah. advertising yeah i remember yeah. that we got they were kind of crappy commercials <laughs> they didn't put enough they didn't have enough budget in there <laughs> it happens all right it, well it's 8 37 you guys know what time it is it's monday let's do it sound that Bushwackers. tim quas baby let's go All right, what's going on? How we doing, Tim? How's it hanging? <laughs> I don't know how to answer That's that. That's an intro. I, yeah. yeah, that's a good that Monday. It's a professional I, intro there, Mitch. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> Tim Quas, right? I'm going to take that's a little this break This is my friend right here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the show is all Tim? over the place here this morning. <laughs> so. hey, hey, it's a Monday. It's a Monday in July, no less. Oh, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the middle of summer, right? I yes. mean, uh, I'm sure you're having a good time out there right now, especially enjoying the, the good weather. Where are you at right now? Where in the world is Tim Quas? In Denver. We're in Denver, and mm. it is lush and beautiful in Denver. We were uh, riding bikes yesterday, and I'm, I, I swear I'm not making this up. On our bikes, the grass along the paths was as high as I am. I mean, it's just unbelievably beautiful okay. and green this year. We've had, we've had a lot of rain and uh, I mean, it's usually it's brown by this time here in Denver and, and the reservoirs are full and everything's lush and beautiful. So we ought to just all leave and go out and do that. Right. Right. Enjoy the outside. <laughs> That's what you're telling us. Yeah. Tim. But right. uh, it's beautiful. No, no yeah. wildfire smoke. No. Did you no, get any by? Did you get any over by you? Yeah. How was Colorado with the, we, the, the smoke? We, we've had very little of the of your Canadian smoke. No, that's what we yeah. export. So we export smoke now. We, that's our main export. It's <laughs> it's good that you can export it, right? <laughs> Send it. The tariffs, the tariffs uh, are really low on it. Uh, uh, but it is funny, Dennis, that you mentioned that because we get we are amused by how you know generally in the summertime. In Colorado, you're going to have some smoky days, and no one talked about it. Right? It's never on the news, and then it shows up in Chicago and New York, and all of a sudden, whoa! You know, the world's falling apart. There's smoke. Well, yeah. welcome, welcome to reality, East Coast. So, yep, I, yep. I, I, so you've I, seen this in past sorry. years where you get a little bit exactly. of wildfire smoke coming down. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. For we sure, you deal with it on a, on a daily basis over there. But the good thing is, you're in the sunshine state, the true but sunshine state, Tim. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's get into the market. Let's talk a, a little bit about what we've been seeing. It feels like it's been all sunshine this year in the market, and uh, we're wondering. Will this ever turn around? Let's take a look underneath the data and see what market structure edge is showing us. What are you seeing, Tim? Well, I'll tell you this. You know, if you you remember when we were talking, when I came back from Greece, first the 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 week I came back from from Greece, because I, you know, I when when I just leave, right? I just leave, and uh, everything works out. But when I came back, I said, 
you know, if you look at the data, the market structure data, the the momentum opportunities coming out of out of May expirations were the best since January. And if you looked at the technical signals, there was no indication that the market was going to do very well from the, the middle of May to the beginning of June. Uh, and but the, the data showed it. Uh, the data showed it. So that's my my setup for I'll, I'll show you what the market structure. If you're you know, if you haven't tuned into this before, I, I think of this as the behavior of money behind price and volume, the mechanics of the market. There are rules and regulations and processes the way that the market works. And it, that that to me is crucial. It's crucial for it. It's what Dennis and Joel, and Mitch, you guys know. You know, it's the mechanics of the market that actually yeah. determine what's going to happen. So now, so as of uh, this, you know, July 10, here's what the data look like. The broad market sentiment is 5.6. 5.0 is the bare minimum. So it's fine, right? That's not bad at all. Uh, momentum, the momentum portfolio, looking for things across the, call it 3,500 stocks that comprise the national market system in the United States. There are four that show up as a momentum opportunity. Coming out of May options expirations, there were close to 30. There were 35 in that portfolio in early January. So the, and that's how you know you can trade momentum. Uh, and how do you trade momentum? Well, to me, you know, this is from a market structure standpoint, you want supply demand imbalances and you want to take a piece of volatility. That's what you're after. You can't just go trade volatility with no idea what the supply demand balance is because you will get caught out. Citadel knows more than you do. So the only way that you can turn the presence of Citadel in the market to your advantage is to know where the supply demand imbalances are because then Citadel will fill your order. If not, they won't. <laughs> your trade won't get filled. But right now, Mitch, this is the answer to your question. There are four in momentum. You cannot. What are they? That you can't and will and great and I'd like to use one of these as an example actually of how to trade momentum. But these are it. Yeah. There's Carvana, believe it or not. Wow, ah, yeah, that there going. we go. That's Kenny Glick, buddy. That's right? Kenny Glick back. He gave us that last week, I think. Mon right. I wasn't in Monday because Tim would have been here when Kenny was on CBNA. He was actually complaining about it that hadn't gone yet, but boom, mm. Kenny all over that one. Oh, and realize it's a it's a challenging trade because volatility in Carvana is nearly 10%. So, you yeah. know, how do you trade Carvana? Well, if Carvana is down 5%, that's half of the volatility. If you, and, and you could, you know, put your, with a stock like this, you have to put your, your stop further below that. And then, mm -hmm. then you have higher risk, but you'd have to put it a good 200 basis points below that. So if you bought, if the price is 29 and a half, and you buy it down 5%. So what's the math on that? Call it 27.85, right? something like that. Uh, and you, So then you put your stop at 26.85. That's a pretty big risk. But there is a very high probability that, in, that today, tomorrow, or the next day, mathematically, very, we study this math, very high probability that you can make 2, 3, 4%. Stop thinking that, oh, we're going to go make 100%. That is not how the stock market works. That is the yeah. way to poverty. If mm -hmm. you want to try to do that, you will lose your entire trading account. Don't do that. Just that's take true. what the market gives you. But that's what, so Carvana, Matador, Unity, 
and Coinbase. <laughs> Unity is an interesting one here that it's it still in your momentum because Unity has actually had a bad four or five days here. So, you know, I can see why Carvana's in there. I can even see why Coinbase is in there because quietly Coinbase has went straight from 50 to 80. Yep. Unity is interesting. It has been strong from 30 to, 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 to almost $45 there yep. just a few days ago. But four or five days ago, it broke down. And now we've come back here. Why one and why is this still in your momentum? But two, I guess right. you know maybe this is an opportunity to buy the pullback. Well, here's so here's how I think about this, Dennis. And by the way, what you're looking at is closing price. That's the gray part of the graph. Mm -hmm. Demand is the green part. That is an algorithm that's just metering buying and selling by everybody, and the effect that it has on some on uh, midpoint prices because call it ninety percent of trades are derivations of midpoint. So how prices behave relative to midpoint is a very is a big tell on what uh, everybody's doing. And then supply is short volume. So if supply is falling and demand is rising, the the opportunity to no matter where the price closes. I mean, I traded CRM. I tried traded a bunch of stuff last week. On the worst day, Thursday, Dow down 500 points. I had a very good day because I don't care where it closes. I only care. There's only one thing that matters entry. If you have an entry, the exit will take care of itself so long as your exit is, call it 2%. <laughs> if I'm after 2%, I really don't care where Unity is going to close. What it's telling me is that I have a very high probability of making some part of 3.6%. Well, it's very good. You know, I, I've, I've run, in a, run in our internal model, just an internal model with our data and, and we're, we set some criteria, including risk management. When should you be in the market? When should you be out? That portfolio is up 37.2% through June 30 this year. So that, and it does this. It says, take 180 basis points of unity and do that over and over. Don't chase, I mean, when, when everybody owns NVIDIA, that's great. But when everybody goes to sell NVIDIA, it will not be great. So you have to realize there are other ways to approach the market. Long story short, there's not a lot of momentum in the market, but you can still trade it this way. All right. So let's take a look at where the money is going, right? Because it's not necessarily where the puck is today, but where the puck is going to be tomorrow that matters, right? Yeah. So let me do this for you. So this is taking the edge data, each of the sectors, right? So there are 11 market sectors and looking at all of those stocks and what percentage of them are are bottomed from a demand perspective which of them are how much are heading down how much is topped and how much is up well if we just look at the up 60% 61% you would say well the money's going to energy and real estate that's where it is you know that that's is that what's that's good to know notice matador is 25% of the momentum portfolio, one of four, and it's an energy stock. The trouble with this is that this can be consumed like that because the, put those two together and they're 6% of the S&P 500. So in a single day, BlackRock could consume all of the alpha in, in energy and real estate because they'll consume it. All of a sudden it's gone. So by Wednesday, this could no longer be the trade. But right at the moment, you look at this and say, well, if I'm following BlackRock, it's going into energy and real estate. You say, well, there's no sense in that whatsoever. Who cares? 
That's not how the market works. The market is not driven by the drivel that you hear all day on CNBC. It is not bottom-up fundamental analysis. Equities are a product. That's what they are. They're an ingredient in recipes called balanced target date asset allocation models. And at the moment, the thing that is available is energy and real estate. <laughs> okay, that's where it is. Again, it could be gone by Wednesday. All right. Now, of course, uh, one thing that we need to know is how do we trade this environment? You know, no matter what the market does here, Tim. Well, I'll tell you. And here's to me: if you were to, if you had to say how you trade it, it's just what I told you. Like, if you want to go trade Coinbase, buy half when it's down. Buy it when it's down half its volatility. All right. And take two or three percent. But do, let's can you do a setup it. for us? You know, just yeah, using sure. your system on yeah. Coinbase and because it's obviously a momentum stock and it's had a lot of momentum. Am I sure? You know, buying dips on Coinbase has worked tremendously well over the course of the last three weeks because the yeah. stock has went from fifty to eighty. Mm -hmm. Set us up just you know the stop loss, you know, and the yeah. probabilities and how you actually would set up this trade in COIN using your market structure edge product. And I traded it. I, I traded it several times last week. Excellent. Uh, it's it's dangerous because it has a lot of volatility. But here's the sorry about that. So here's the deal. The, the mm -hmm. there's demand. Notice demand is just slamming into the ceiling, and yeah. supply has diverged. Yeah. That tells you that Citadel is more likely to fill a rising order than it would otherwise. So now let's get to the setup. Let's. I'm going to go look at it in the in the uh, momentum portfolio. And I'll show you exactly what I do with this. So if we go over here, the first thing I'm gonna check is the volatility. How much does the, and volatility is merely the rolling five day average of how much Coinbase moves from high to low every day. So if, the, if it closes at 78.72, that's where it closed Friday. And it has 6.7% volatility. So I'm gonna say if it's down 5%, Let's just, this is what it, what it was last week. It was down almost all of its volatility. So then I buy it there. If it's down 6% from 78, 72, do the math on that. Uh, call it 75 sure. and a half, right? Sure. Something like that. Maybe they're about. So then, okay, 76. So then I put my stop 50 basis points down. Now I might get stopped out, right? It's a risk because that's still within the volatility. But I now think that the machines are more likely to lift the price than lower it. Doesn't always happen, but it happens 80% of the time. Well, that's a pretty good bet, right? So then I put my, my limit. I just want a small amount. I put my limit in 2.5%, all right? So I buy those at the market. Maybe I buy 400 shares of it. Boom, market, 99 shares at a time at the market. Just like that, because I get immediately filled. And then I put my limit in, 2.5%, my stop at about 50 basis points down, and I just walk away. I don't care. It's good till I cancel. And one of the two is going to happen. 80% of the time, I'm going to make 2.5%. That's what I did on Thursday. I did it in CRM. did it in multiple stocks. And so that's what you – and why does that work? Mm -hmm. It's because Citadel et al., Machines are set by, or prices are set by machines. 98% of trades are algorithmic. Even your trade, if you, you were using E-Trade, Ameritrade, yeah. oh, Schwab, sure. all yep. algorithms, right? Yep. If you put an order in, it's an algorithm. The algorithm is going to calculate the probability that your trade can be filled profitably. If it can't, it won't get filled. 
This, what we're doing is saying we know there's an excess demand and insufficient supply. So if the price is down, the probability is it's going to rise. Now, it may not last. It could be gone by the end of the day. But that is what you're turning to your advantage. You're saying we know how machines behave in the market. They move stuff past the midpoint. If it's below the midpoint, there's a high probability it goes up. That will not work unless there's a supply-demand imbalance, however. That's how you do it. Works That's very well. And that's what it's all about. And you can either spend uh, years learning some market structure or you can maybe use a service like Market Structure Edge to help you understand this better. So definitely check it out, team. I'm going to throw up the link in the chat here. Always great to have you on, Tim Quas, Market Structure Edge. If you guys want to reach out to Tim, feel free. He does webinars. He also teaches on this specific of how to use Market Structure Edge so that you guys can find your edge out there and Live get a free 30-day trial. Live Thursday demo, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. All there you go. Yep. There you go, guys. If you guys want to tune in for more, check it out, Market Structure Edge. Always good to have you, Tim. Thank Take you, care. guys. Good to see you. Have a great week. All right, let's get back to the market. How are we looking, Joel? Leaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's we are. Uh, yeah, uh, man, <laughs> struggling to go green here. We did just momentarily. Uh, one thing that I like to look, uh, I like to look at as well as that closing print. You know that closing print, forty-four thirty-four, and I don't do it every time, but like when the last after-hours print is four handles away. I kind of like that's kind of like my my pseudo close because we got hit hard right and like everyone that didn't cover the shorts into the close they are out there and interestingly that last pop that we just got when we started the show got real close to that uh, after uh, after hours closing print at five p.m. That's when Dennis still has three more hours of work to do. Huh. Uh, that was forty forty four thirty eight fifty so. Really, the onus on the bulls early is to get I'm not only green, but man, we gotta take out that pre-market high and suspend the bit, you know, and sustain the bid. Or else I think this three-day winning streak is gonna be or three-day losing streak is gonna be a four-day losing streak. All right, let's it's go a in. sneaky three-day losing streak, too, because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel that bad. Like, I mean, the IWM had a wonderful bounce off the 180 support here again. I mean, is that bounced to sell? Is there just, you know, we just in this contrarian market where Same Tim is saying too. I think Tim's right. I think you're taking two, 3% gainers all over the place here because I don't think they're turning to eight, 10% gainers in this market. Yeah. I just don't think we're in that environment here. We've run too far too fast. I think we're due for a sideways market for a bet. And it, it's and very hard. Oh, go ahead, Joel. No, I just gonna say the IWM, uh, same technical setup with your daily highs. Look at all those tops in that area, and then the Qs. I mean, boom, they at that the expiration top, it hasn't been able to uh, to reach. And then also with the triple Qs, you just gotta harken back to like. Look at this resistance in in uh, early 2022, yeah. 370.10, 371.83, 369.31. Let's just call that whole area 370. So very, very well-defined resistance in the markets, in the indexes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's been uh, the tale of that uh, when we do get that down move, a lot of times we get that kind of little rapid move back up like we got on friday where it, it's gonna stop out a lot of people on moves like that when it comes right back up and then just gets smacked overnight and what do you do today you're like man 
I would have been deep into the green this morning. But yeah, like always, we got to keep our risk management in mind. So one thing that I've started to do is understand that, especially when I'm going into kind of these shorting positions, that I either have to be quick to the green or give myself enough room to deal with bounces like this in the market right now, which is very difficult. I'll, I'll be honest. It's not easy to see the SPY go up, let's say, you know, five points and then smack down in the last hour, five points too. That That's not, not or, a or common 20 move. points in the last hour. Yeah, that's not. It really <laughs> got hammered on Friday. Yeah, five points did. we can stomach. It's these other bigger ones. And again, it's a tough setup here too, because, you know, if you're playing little momentum trades here, you're getting stopped out on a lot, you know, bringing mm -hmm. it right back to Tim's point, which was this an excellent point. I mean, he's playing contrarian strategies within overall bull market. So he's buying the dip on strong stocks and selling the rip on exactly what we preach is using his systematic approach to do it. So, I mean, the strategy in itself makes sense. You know, here's, you know, a Coinbase, you know, which has been an uptrend here for about three, four weeks, gets a 5% pullback. It's high likelihood people are going to come in and buy the dip. And that's what he's playing. It's just that likelihood that those dip buyers show up. You know, one thing is you've got to watch where you're placing those stops in this environment because when it's choppy like that, you get stopped out in a lot of stuff. So you almost got to go a little wider, which is somewhat concerning for traders who are very good risk managers to go wider. But when you're chopping around, you got to have a little bit wider stop so you don't get caught. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing more and more. Um, so uh, just be careful out there, right? Let's learn from it. Let's keep an eye out for yeah. it. Last thing that I wanted to bring up, I saw Joel, of course. He, he he caught a good one here as Walmart being featured on Barron's cover, em emphasizing its transition towards embracing high-tech solutions. It's interesting development that highlights the ongoing shift in the retail industry, shifting into a little bit more high-tech and Maybe some AI to help them out. I mean, was Barron's waiting for a pullback to put this out there because Walmart had a significant pullback there, and now they come out, you know, and you know, calling Walmart, you know. I mean, they're buying the dip here too. There's a, a dip here. The problem is not much of a been, dip. Retail's been such a mess. So yeah. you know, Walmart has been unbelievably strong compared to where you know some of these other retailers are. Not not in the last month. Some of these retailers come back, but overall, I mean, look at you know Target, like. Oh, I guess Target's got its own problems, yeah, but that has just been ugly. Kohl's has come back in the last month for $24 there. I'm just going through some of the other retailers. You know, Amazon has been strong, but we know Amazon's got the AI story powering it here. I don't know Walmart. I just feel like it's, I, 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 I feel like it's, it's just too much of a consumer staple for me <laughs> in a five and a half percent environment. Why do I want to buy Walmart? Yeah. I, can buy, I compare it to treasuries. If I'm going to the market, I want growth. And you're not going to get growth in Walmart. Not a hell of a lot of growth. Now, I know you made, uh, you said there was the, there was a pullback. There's no doubt a little bit of a pullback. Uh, didn't quite make the all-time high. I, I don't know. For me, this has been such an extended run here since June up at the, you know, from 145 to 159. I'd say if you're playing it from the long side here, this 153.50 area is pretty important. It was your low uh, on Friday at three forty at three forty five. You had another low at the, uh, three fourteen. So I don't know. I don't. I mean, two big red candles coming in. I'm like, you know, not not super excited about this one. And you know, Walmart hasn't had one of their like famous quarters. You know, where they kitchen sink it and it's horrible and they pound it and then it makes a bottom and comes back. I think I'd rather wait for 
for one of those quarters here for Walmart. WMT, uh, way off yesterday's high, too, folks, uh, 156.29. So if it, this is going to run, the market catches a bid, you're still two and a half bucks away from Friday's high. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah. And with uh, wrapping it up, I'll just bring up outlooks. Um, I know Goldman Sachs is maintaining its base case scenario on the S&P 500, projecting a range of 4,200 to 43. Um, so if you guys want to take a look into that, that's just something to keep an eye out for. I know that we're looking at the SPY, and I feel like, who knows, man, uh, the first half of the year was really strong. It was great. I feel like, if anything, you know, What's not to say that we don't just come back into this range some and then just end up the year just slightly up? I, I don't see too much more that this bubble can really drive us. Does this bubble drive us to new all-time highs? I just don't. If see you're it. buying stocks here, that's what you're saying, and it's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're not that's out of the realm saying, of possibility. Right? There's all possibilities. Yeah. I'm I'm very much convinced. That is zero people know where this market is going to end up. Hundred percent, I agree that, with that, that one. I'll take a, that like, one. Some markets are easy <laughs> to call. And some markets are just like really hard to call. So that's why I think you got to take the Tim. Uh, I think you got to take the Tim Quast approach, where you're taking small gainers, you're protecting yourself with some stop losses because this could be a trading environment where we just chop around. We may go straight up, we may go straight down, but the one thing you can extract alpha from is little market inefficiencies. You know, jumping in, you know, getting ahead of earnings, you know, pre-earnings runs, all those stuff we talk about. You know, getting in the momentum, buying strong stocks on dips, selling. You know, weak stocks on rips, that stuff all continues to work. So just, you know, just don't get married to trades thinking, yeah, I'm going to buy here. End of the year, we're going to be up 30 more percent. I'm going to just get cool. kill it. I mean, I just don't see that environment ahead of us. But again, I don't think anybody can predict this market. So if you're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do this or we're going to do that, you're throwing darts against the wall and you might get lucky. And CNBC will interview all those people who got it right. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to get it wrong. So try, I'm not trying to call this market as much as I'm just trying to, you know, look for little market inefficiencies and little setups and taking those little gainers. And on that uh, note, I'm going to hop. Okay. Uh, just uh, you look at that April and May price action. Uh, it started to look like you were going to bust out in May. You didn't quite. You waited until June. But you're talking about a two-month period of uh, consolidation. And just for the S&Ps and for this, I mean, we have our resistance. I mean, if we, you, if you're in that, I mean, I keep playing it up to that area. If it busts through that area, man, 4,500, you, you gotta, you gotta strap on the, the bull hat and, and ride it up. But uh, we're just hanging. We're hanging after the expiration, uh, quiet range. We'll see mm -hmm. if we, we'll see what happens. See if we can hold last week's low. I'm going to, that glowback slow, I'm going to ignore for right now, 44.11 and a quarter. Right now, focus is on last week's low. That was made on, I believe, on Friday. Or excuse uh, me. No, that was made on Thursday. So great job day to Mitch. Everyone, go out there and kill them. We'll be back later on. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Like always, guys, smash the like button out there. We're going to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. And I do want to tell you guys about the book club, of course. And we're getting into a new book. Going Market Wizards here, guys. Let me know if you guys have read this book before. If you guys haven't read this book and are looking to get interviews from top traders, check it out. Jack D. Swagger, Market Wizards, of course. Uh, we're going to be getting into this book, starting it just this Tuesday. So if you want to join, go ahead and click this link. We meet up on Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And this is really my way of giving back to you guys out there. Really 
don't it's not required of me by Benzinga. It's just something that I wanted to do for you guys out there, giving back, paying it forward. I really believe that that's what life's all about, right? Trying to find mentors, trying to find books, trying to find knowledge. And nothing better than getting with a group and actually talking about this with actual real life examples, looking into the market, maybe seeing if we can relate situations. That's what it's all about on the book club. So if you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend it and only can join if you hit that link. If not, can't be part of the book club. We'll see you there on Tuesday. Smash the like. Don't go anywhere. We got a great week for you right here on Benzinga, the number one place to not only bring you the new technology opportunities, but of course, the trending investments that are out there. We'll bring you now over to live trading and see what money we can find today. Is it that type of day? We're going to get into some good green. Let's find out. This market comes down today or does it stay within the range? I have a feeling we might get a little bit of downside action, but I don't see it cutting down to 430s just yet. But stick around, team. Find out on live trading what stocks we're trading.